<laughs> no, that's that's a longest piss in history, guys. Yes, oh, we well, there it is. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the first episode of season four of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-avatars, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eddie? You're not in Kansas anymore. And Brandon. I don't know how we're all still awake after watching that three-hour movie. <laughs> I lost time. I can't believe it. Time, it was became, long. time became nothing for me. Time literally stopped. Um, yeah. With season four, we're returning to form from season one. Instead of trying to choose movies to a uh, specific genre or style, we each have handpicked these movies that we are just going to want to talk about. That said, after choosing the movies for the season, we have grouped them in the specific focuses, whether it's to be influential directors, uh, mysteries, blockbusters, and beyond. Throughout the season, we'll be including some new releases and, uh, in theaters and streaming, as well as TV seasons uh, or two. And yummy drinks, by the way. Eddie, that was perfect. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. You're How many Brandon. drinks does it take to get through to the film or in case a special that we've just watched? Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie or series based on a scale of zero to five. Zero being the perfect film that you can watch a stone cold sober and five being the sort of film that makes you want to shove the same tail you have sex with into a random animals to fly or ride them, which is kind of fucking dirty. This is where we're going at for season four. This is it. Well, I mean, what? What? How? How better to start off well, than a movie that literally has all the planet connected, and they stick their tails into it? I mean, it's listen, kind of it's I think we've got to realize so the Titanic nasty. is a metaphor. So there it is. <laughs> uh, with that, Brandon, what movie do we have sweep, sweeping into our podcast this evening? Don't well, fuck it up, Brandon. Tonight, I won't. Tonight, we have the cinematic epic directed and produced by the one and only James Cameron. That is 2009's Avatar. One, when his brother is killed in a robbery, paraplegic Marine Jake Soley decides to take his place in a mission on the distant world of Pandora. There, he learns of greedy corporate figurehead Parker Selfridge. Selfridges is that his name? Selfridge. Selfridge. You would like, know literally... this if you had read this already. Selfridge. I know, but it's. I mean, the, the, that's a pretty on the on the nose name too, because he sells this fridges. A he's, he's a salesperson. My God, intro no, right I here. Mean, self, he's that really is a long intro. Oh, he's also selfish. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there he learns of great, greedy corporate figurehead Parker Selfridge's intentions of driving off the native humanoid Navi in order to mine for the precious material scattered throughout their rich woodland. In exchange for the spinal surgery that will fix his legs, Jake gathers knowledge of the indigenous race and their culture for the cooperating military unit spearheaded by gung-ho Colonel Quaritch. Quaritch. It's also a bad name. While simultaneously attempting to infiltrate the Navi people with the use of an avatar identity. While Jake begins to bond with the native tribe and quickly falls in love with the beautiful alien Natiri, the restless colonel moves forward with his ruthless extermination tactics, forcing the soldier to take a stand and fight back in an epic battle for the fate of Pandora. My fucking God, that was, that was as long as the movie was right there. <laughs> Jesus, I was about to say, are we, are we in part two right now? That, I knocked that out of the three-hour three movie. A three-hour movie. A three-hour movie requires a three-hour introduction. Listen, there. So you guys still here? Or okay? <laughs> Listen, yeah, I know. Don't walk away. We'll have some fun stuff to talk about. Anyway, Avatar stars <laughs> Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Joel David Moore, and Stephen Lang. This film has an IMDb rating of seven point eight out of ten and has a critic score of eighty-two percent, an audience score of eighty-two percent, respectively, and incorrectly on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, so Joel David Moore gets a fucking like you know shout out before Michelle Rodriguez? What the fuck is that? Uh, we Michelle. don't talk about Michelle Rodriguez anymore. <laughs> I like Michelle Rodriguez. Why not? I think she's awesome. She's Joel, awesome. the grandma's boy. Oh, I mean, fun. shit, seriously, he's fun. Before we get into our review, Jeremiah, why don't we take us? Uh, why don't you take us through the cocktail? Yeah, so we are celebrating our season four with a brand new cocktail, and for this particular movie, it's called the Avatar Cocktail. It's very simple. It's very yummy. All you need is one ounce of gin, one ounce of tequila. Do what you want to do with either of those type of brands. Go for it. Cap it off with some Sprite and uh, add a little liqueur of blue <laughs> carousel. I'm not going to try yes. with that one. 
It's going to be yummy. Go for it. It's the perfect way to start off the new year and the new season. So you know what? Let's just have a few drinks and uh, go for it. Let's talk about this long-ass movie. And cheers. Let's let's cheers. I'm not drinking that because I don't have blue curacao. (laughs) You got some brown curacao. We're filming this right now, guys. Uh, well, he's not. He's not going to use the whole thing, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Um, okay. So let's start talking about this movie. So one of the things that um, I, you know, I, I, I think we should play a drinking game. And every time I say one of these things, one of the things, because I, yeah. I seem to say that a lot. A lot. But <clears throat> at the beginning of the movie, um, I thought that the the introduction. Uh, of the character of Sully and the way that they kind of introduced uh, him as the narrator, um, I, I was kind of excited because I thought I thought it was going to be something a little bit alien esque, a little uh, a rougher, a little bit more organic. And um, you know, we didn't necessarily get that, but I, I was kind of the opening sequence, the concept of it, kind of kind of was it got me excited. I, I remember I remember just being kind of thrilled by it. It kind of reminds me of the Lion King a little bit, right? The first, the first part, it goes right into the jungle. We don't know what it is, if it's a rainforest or something like that, and it just shuts off, and then that's it. You're going right into this whole kind of like epic Avatar world by James Cameron. I mean, shit. I mean, the yeah. throughout his whole career. I mean, shit. Everyone was probably laughing at him when this movie was coming out. When you think about it, you know what I'm saying? Well, can you imagine the pitch that he has to this? <laughs> <laughs> Giant oh no no there, there 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 is no pitch there is no pitch the pitch is give me a billion dollars and I'll make you a movie like <laughs> yo 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 did you hear about it? supposedly there was a person like an executive at Fox Studios and he said like hey this movie might be very long you might want to cut it down and he's like I fucking made Titanic I can do whatever the fuck I want here yeah. how long I wanted to be I mean shit <laughs> which is his mistake which is his mistake. <laughs> Listen, what what I love about Avatar, and it's one of the only things I'll say I love about Avatar, is that it it fully engrosses you in its world, right? We talked about this off camera, uh, off mic, where literally what he does is he creates a feeling. Now, the problem is he keeps us in that feeling for just too long and for too boring at times throughout the movie. But you're right, Sean, when we Hmm. get thrust in there, um, Jeremy, you're right. it's, It's just like that idea that we're lost with Jake Sully, which I think it's, it's cliche, but at the same time, um, that idea that you're learning with the character and trying to understand the world with the character, we do that. Right. And I think that he, that Cameron paces the beginning really, really well, his pacing. And we'll talk about this more later on, but his pacing is what falls off. And, and I think ultimately hurts this movie. Ed. Uh, I have to I completely agree with you, Brandon, like the very beginning, I, they talked about Pandora, right? Pandora is beautiful. Like you're in Pandora now. And this, the whole world of this is like a whole nother level of, I don't know, like it's just, it's, I've never, never seen a movie like this. So I think the closest thing I saw to this was aliens, right? Like that level of like, you're stepping into a whole nother dimension uh, at this time. This was 2009, right? So I don't remember anything like this prior to this. Um, I, I just felt like the beginning part of it was a great introduction to the next level of Jake Sully and the outside world of uh, like there's two separate, there's a line and what we're trying to do, it seemed kind of silly for this little piece of metal. Um, But uh, overall, like I I like the whole beautifulness of the, the movie. Like it it was really beautiful to watch every scene, like the animals that are not really animals. I don't know what to call them, but yeah. Things. No, I, I think that what, what this movie does, and it reminds me a whole lot of Middle Earth, and I think that Middle Earth does it perfectly, and Peter Jackson does it perfectly, and James Cameron doesn't do it so well, is that they spend so much time developing the world, right? You know, in storytelling, it's the world building. They build, world build so well. The problem is that Peter Jackson focuses on story with world building and, and balances the two. But James Cameron says, let's world build. And, oh, yeah, we have to stitch this this world building and these these beautiful shots together with some form of story. And it just doesn't go anywhere that we really need it to go. Sean, I know we, you kind of talked about that yesterday. But no, go ahead. What do, Jer- what do you think? Uh, oh, yeah. Jer. There's two things I want to talk about that with you, Brandon. I mean, from my understanding, according from James Cameron, like he got the idea in the mid 90s, basically from a Disney movie, which was pocahontas you know yes. about a soldier falling in love with not a, fern gully <laughs> what about dances yeah. with wolves yeah. <laughs> no but i think james cameron here was doing something totally different at the time you got to think about this right in 29 you, 
this was him flexing here. This was like, you know, doing something in 3D, which when at the time 3D was fucking huge. And he was doing a whole different type of a, a, a of a shot here of a way how we can actually view films. Well, it's and complete I know green you're saying it too. Well, see, that's the thing is it wasn't complete green screen. It's not. It was this 40, is, no, it was 40% so, and 60%. Yeah. So uh, this this is what this is one of the reasons why I picked this movie. I didn't pick this movie because it's got the best script in the world, the best acting. Because it certainly does not have the best script. The script is shit. But what it did is it revolutionized the way that film is brought onto, uh, I guess, a screen for people to watch. So how how the movie is shot. Like like Jeremiah said, it was like it was something like in the 30, 30, 30 range, where thirty of it was real, thirty of it was CG, and then thirty of it was a blend of. Uh, he would That's actually crazy. take physical things and light them and then use the lighting technique on the people, mm. but not the object. The technology that, that James Cameron built for Avatar yeah. was flawless. And if you look, I mean, like like Eddie said, this movie is fucking beautiful. The, yeah. the dark yeah. scenes, the night scenes with the bioluminescence. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. fucking beautiful. It is. Yeah, it's I, stunning, actually. The battle scenes I was really all about. But I mean, I love the connection with the nature of this movie. That how it, it, Jeremy also said, like Lion King, that had this it had this good vibe of Lion King, Pocahontas throughout the whole mixture of the movie. Uh, I, I thought it was a little bit like also like Last Mohicans style too, <laughs> with like the, the whoever yeah. owns the land and these other you know, uh, I guess you can say uh, other people trying to just come in. the colonizers you know, come yeah. on their territory, the colonizers, yeah, and and, I, and that was what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was that theme, the colonization theme. It didn't really hit for me because he said that okay, so this sells for twenty million a kilo. This unobtainium, which by the way is a it's a it's a, a word you use in the script that you replace later because you can't think of a better term. And somehow in a billion dollar film, it slipped through. Uh, that shit just bugged this. Well, shit I out. guess they have ritanium, you know, vibranium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry, but anything's better than unobtainium. That's just a stupid. But you know, Sean, you know what's so funny is that didn't this have kind of like a blueprint? blueprint not the same blueprint of aliens where actually there's a colony coming into the alien world and everything like that and there's actually corporations that are actually trying to keep that specimen or a species alive and everything that they use it for their own cause and whatnot and you have like you know uh giovanni risby by the way who's playing the same character in a way as paul razor it's giovanni ribisi yeah, did I say his name right? No, yeah. I wasn't even close. You're good. I'm sorry. Yeah, the the yeah. name you said, I'm like, I had to make sure we're talking about the Nirvana. same guy. Parker Suffrage. Suffrage. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. He's a young guy. He was in. He was in a different movie. He hasn't been in a couple movies. I felt like he uh, peaked Gee, around this amazing. time. Yeah, yeah. He's been in some great ones. Oh, you know, we're, we're talking I about seen the... him recently. Yeah. So so okay. So I want to kind of go off this idea that we're talking about with the, like the idea of showing a colonization and and colonialism and, and all the other, you know, colonized um, aspects of this. But what I think is interesting compared to some of these other movies we're talking about, all these stories that we're talking about, is that they've already established themselves on this planet, right? We're not coming to it from the first, like, uh, meet, you know, like, like take Pocahontas, right? They literally land on the new world and they go out and they, you know, the natives see the, the white man for the first time and the white man see the natives for the first time. At this point, when Avatar takes place, it's already been going on for years, right? Yeah. And I think that that's a really interesting take is that we're not getting this brand new, oh, we don't know what's really happening. Like they've already tried to make contact. They've already built the Avatar technology. They've already built these million, billion dollar, uh, you know, uh, facilities on this planet i think it's interesting because my question is how would this movie have been different if they took more of the run of the mill we land and then we uh have to make that first contact would it change well one of the things that doesn't track yeah you because know, one of the things that doesn't track for me is that they spent billions of dollars on these avatars they've they've clearly spent a lot of time trying to infiltrate the navi uh through uh sigourney weaver's program with trying to get them to speak English, you know, they, they spent a lot of time and energy to try and get them to essentially, you know, move. And and here's my problem is, is a, is that the only place for unobtainium on the entire planet? Like, is it just under home tree because, uh, or is that just where they've scanned? Because it seems like, and this is just my opinion. And this is, I think what James Cameron was attempting the corporation was lazy. Um, they were gun happy. They wanted to go in there and destroy the people. 
And what I, I mean, just from a practical perspective, they've spent billions of dollars to not do what they did. You're telling me they, they scanned the entire, the entire planet, uh, planet of Pandora yeah, yeah. and that's the fucking best that they came up with. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like, like once again, that story within the story is so half-assed, yes. just like the rest of the script. I mean, Grace no, I and Norton Reaver, like yeah. she said it perfectly. Like, I mean, even in the movie, she kind of joked about it, like, we don't need another guy with a gun, you know, like put down the damn gun, yeah. dude. Like there's other, they could have explored. I mean, it, I felt like they, they dived into that conflict so quickly. Yeah. But even she was a caricature and, and I didn't like how they treated them as yeah. tree huggers. I'm like, first of all, they're trying to save a civil. I mean, I am, I'm, I, I am not a tree hugger by, by definition, but um, I don't get me wrong. I love the environment, but I wouldn't be considered that, you know, you're talking about, you're, you're disparaging these people by calling them tree huggers. They want to save a civilization that is living and that has like, like biological, literal biological connection with with this tree and with this earth and with all these different yeah. points, and it's like, I just it seems so half-assed. Once again, I'm gonna use a word yeah. half-assed. Yeah. It's just like the thing about this movie that you gotta remember this is that we're seeing it through the eyes of Jake Sully, you know, Sam Worthington's character and everything like that. So you're basically getting kind of like you know like an introduction to the world and everything, yeah. and kind of like experiencing the same thing. Of what he's experiencing like wow this has been here for a long time wow yeah i'm by myself what is going on here and i think it did a really good job on that part right there where i'm like okay and i totally forgot about this movie like fuck yeah. i didn't know he got like stranded out there for the longest time I and shit like well that. and and, and there was a line that he used there was a line that he used that i liked that the uh the reality started to feel like um, when, when he was yeah. an avatar yeah. and the fantasy was when he was back as Jake Sully. And I think that what James Cameron did is he feathered that in pretty beautifully to the point where for the, for the last part, he was mostly the avatar for the beginning. He was mostly Jake Sully. So you kind of had this, yeah. this merge and then this change. And I thought that, you know, yeah. given the three hour length of the movie, I know that there's, you know, once again, I'm not f- pro three hours. Yeah. I, I told Brandon, I said, this could have been an hour, 45 minutes tops. <laughs> so, so I do want to talk about a couple things. So, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, I, I, I really don't like this movie. I didn't like this movie when I first saw it in theaters. Didn't like it again when I rewatched it. I think that there are positives. I'll save it for the end. But one of the things, one of the many things that I had a really problem with, and, and Sean, I know you kind of touched on this a minute ago, but it's the fact that James Cameron resorts to cliche stereotypes for every single one of these characters. And it bothers me. I was watching it. I'm like, the last time I saw such blatant characterization uh, or not character caricature and stereotyping is the breakfast club, which is all about characterizing or, or caricaturizing um, these characters. But literally look at, you got Stephen Lang, who's the gung ho army man. You've got the self-righteous uh, Sigourney Weaver, uh, doctor scientist. You've got the corporate prick, right? You've got the, the, the grunt who is just does what he told, what he's told, but then has this come to realization moment. Like, there's nothing original in this movie except for the visuals. And that's my biggest problem with this movie. I don't know. It, See, and, and I think that's it. what this movie was, though. It was – no, that's yeah. what it was. This movie was a visual vehicle to tell – They didn't. He, I mean, to me, he didn't want to get trapped up in a bad story or a good story. He wanted to tell a story that was not new because everything else was. He wanted yeah. us to focus on the fucking writing of the – Whatever those creatures were for fifteen first. minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but it was. Look at. I'm with you on the length, Brandon. But you have to admit. Oh, I will. Yeah. The visuals of him riding, of them riding the horses, of of him becoming a Navi were. It was spectacular. It was. It was absolutely fantastic yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. Before we jump on, I just want to say that you're. I, I just want to agree that that Sean, you're 100 right. Jerry, you're 100 right. Ed, is that visually this movie is brilliant i'll use the word brilliant i think it's revolutionary i think it has already the the effects the ripple effects have been seen in the last you know 12 years 13 years since this movie came out and i won't disparage that i won't discourage that but for me there needed to be more right there needed to be more to get us from point a to point b and just take titanic right james cameron that's his masterpiece i honestly think that i know we we you know in pop culture make fun of it now but think about it the story was all about a, a boat sinking but yet we didn't really care about the boat sinking because the story developed between this this these this couple you know they could have done this between jake and and uh zoe saldana's character they could have done this he could have done this but Ooh, instead who was amazing right i like zoe 
Oh yeah, Zoe was amazing. Yeah, the acting was was well, it was acting. But well, Jerry, go ahead. Sorry. Brandon, can I ask you something? I totally agree with you, by the way, on this whole Titanic situation when uh, how he was able to make you know this love story more important by Titanic. But was his goal in this movie, and this is my question to you guys, yeah. was that was he trying to make Pandora more important than the characters about the whole culture of Pandora and everything like that? But I didn't care. My, my I question didn't care is, about yeah. Pandora because I didn't care I agree, about the I agree with you 100% on that because I didn't care about it too much. I didn't feel connected to the I characters. I wanted to. But for some reason, I feel connected to the atmosphere the 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 reason yeah. what they were trying to do and i that's i think that was the main character of pandora which he didn't really get a chance to really explore in this i, think, I think james cameron had three three directives in his mind about this movie the first was an environmentally conscious push to bash or to create a disparity between people who want to harvest the earth and people who want to protect the earth. I do think that was his primary goal. Yeah. His secondary goal was to have a gorgeous visual, which would support the first goal because everyone's going to remember how beautiful this movie is and then remember this primary goal. I think his third goal was to produce a really good movie. And that's why we got a mediocre movie with great visual effects and an overarching very environmentally friendly theme. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's truly well said. I, I was wondering, I have a question. Why don't you, I mean, I don't see a lot of avatars, uh, you know, like Jake Sully besides uh, Drace and Jake Sully's friend and Jake, right? There was three. Yeah, there were three. I wish there was more. Well, the, like In the training. Have, like, they, they, well, there was a bunch of playing basketball. It's exactly like where, where did were they, they all go? Where were like, they? they? Yeah, exactly. It, it would cool to see a whole little bit more of community of people. I don't know, or it just—I feel like they fell short with a lot of. Uh, there was plot holes. I just it was like just wondering if you if you would have cleaned out kind of, <coughs> God dang it, sorry, cleaned out the over over characterization or over um, character uh, what, what, exposition what really um, character. Yeah, if we would have carved that out a little bit and just thrown Jake Sully into the situation, let him go talk to the Navi, he, you know, you not know that corporate was trying to infiltrate the Navi, not know that Stephen Lang was even like a character, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let all of this develop on one plane, and then all of a sudden have corporate come in and do yeah. some chicanery at the at the end that or in the middle dope. of the end, that would have been that a more be effective dope. movie. And instead you kind of had like, here's my cards. I'm giving showing you yes. all my cards and mm-hmm. I have I, I have a full house. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, well let me ask you something. Do you think he would make yeah. the same movie? I mean I, we know we know that the new one's coming out or has already have come out and everything. So let me ask you something. Do you think because we haven't seen it yet do you think that he's going to make the same mistakes or he's going to actually yes. focus 100%, on 100,000 yes. more of Absolutely. the characters? He'll, he will double down. James it Cameron is... will double down on stupidity. That's what it he is... will do. <laughs> this is the way I described it to Sean yesterday when I talked to him and I, I, I stand by it. This is, this is uh visual masturbation. That's literally all it is. It's just, can I throw pretty pictures on screen and have people smile? And the problem is that's not why people go to see movies. Not 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 solely. I the think reason, that we need to see the, pretty pictures, but we yeah. need to have something. Yeah, not two and not three-hour movies like that. I mean, yes, Jeremiah, I mean, you can you can you can be the first one to admit that directors double down. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you look at George Lucas after the disastrous reviews for uh, Phantom Menace, what do you do? I'm a direct and produce the second one. Um, Attack of the Clones. Oh, you didn't like that one? Well, here's the third one. <laughs> uh, look at uh, you. Yeah. Got to remember this, okay? This is James Cameron here, okay? So he was trying to do this movie for a very long time, and he didn't have the resources or the technology to do it. In 1999, he was trying to do it. It would have cost him 400 million dollars. And the only reason why he decided to do this movie was because of the success of Lord of the Rings, Gollum, on the two towers, and everything. You know. Now I'm just sure. saying this is that. James Cameron, he flexed so hard on this movie regarding to what he was able to actually do. He was actually going to a different world, a different skill set of a person that has over 25 or 30 years of experience. And you know what he did? He brought in a $2 billion fucking movie successfully. I Trust me, I'm not you know cheerleading for this fucking movie. What I'm telling you is that you have to look at what he did to this movie. Now, you okay. guys are saying... Hold on, let him, let him finish. But, yeah, let him yeah. finish. You guys seem that like the story is kind of weak and whatnot, which I agree 100%. But 
it does fucking work. It gets to point A to point B to point C, dude. Ah, but, but, but here's it works to the best here's of his ability. George, George, but George Lucas did it with a with with a million dollars in 1977 with no technology, with nothing. He literally invented ships flying through space. Uh, Peter Jackson reinvented on a grand scale on no budget the greatest science fiction movie ever made. And I can tell you right now, I would rather watch. Oh, yeah. 11 hours of Lord of the Rings, then sit through this shit fest again. So, so here, here's I, 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 yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, and then I got that. something. I agree with that. So, but to your point, he did reinvent what we were, what we actually see in the movie theaters and whatnot. He you did. have to agree with that. Oh, we will. Oh, well, he but did. Here's, here's, here's my answer to you, Jer, Is and I just looked it up. So you asked, is he what, what's his next step? Is he going to be stubborn and blockheaded and just go with the same shit. I just looked it up. The runtime for for two is three hours and 12 minutes, which is exactly 30 minutes ah, more than Avatar. Three hours and 12 minutes. When's the last time that you saw a major studio film run over three hours and be the least bit successful? He's not just doubling down on this. There's already a three, a four, and a five. <laughs> Ready to go. Film. I'll tell you. Film you asked if he's going to make the same movie. He is. He is a stubborn, arrogant, which makes him a great director. But yeah. he is a stubborn, arrogant, and very, very big-headed man. He is not going to take the failures of Avatar and learn from him. He's going to say those failures are what made Avatar great. That's exactly in his head. <laughs> exactly he's like, man, those. I mean, he brought the same fucking cast back. Sam Worthington hasn't been in a movie since 2009. <laughs> what happened to that guy? He was supposed to be the next big thing, right? Well, I was telling Brandon off mic. We were, I was, you know, I watched this on my 13-hour trip up to Oregon. Um, and I, I, I'll say, Sam Worthington was in three amazingly high-profile movies in, like, 2009. He was in Terminator Salvation. Salvation, yeah. He was in Avatar. And he was in Clash of the Titans or Wrath of the Titans, whichever one came first. Oh, I Wrath thought that came out in 2010. Within a 12-month period. Within yeah. a 12-month period. And that's it. That's and it. That's fucking it. Like, he had his shot, and he did not make it. He's coming back to Jake Sully. On. He's coming yeah. back to Jake Sully. <laughs> I heard that Matt Damon was supposed to be in this film, actually, and he actually turned it down or something like that. Thank He's God. smart. I mean, I'm sorry, but it would not have helped his career. No. no, 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 seriously, this is what he said here. He's like, James Cameron came up to me and he, he gave me, uh, he said that he'll offer me 10% of the movie. Um, you're looking at a guy that actually turned down $600 million, basically. <laughs> you know what? The guy's rich <laughs> enough. He doesn't need the $600 million. And I, it would have it further sullied his name. <laughs> I thought that was one of the funniest like interviews. He's like, yeah, you're seeing a guy that just walked away from $600 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So let's talk a little bit about because you said the acting was good and yeah now you know, Zoe Zaldana has turned yeah she's turned into one of the in my opinion one of the best actors of of the generation oh she's a fucking Agreed. star yo she yeah. was not good in this she the, uh, and it was not her fault it's just that once again she was buried in a character you know I don't know how much acting came through in the avatars like digitally but it just didn't seem like. It did not seem like there was that much acting going on. So was it her or was it her avatar that was bad acting? No, no I just think – I'm thinking that it – let me rephrase. I don't think that she necessarily came through in any way uh, spectacularly where I think that, that Jake Sully, I think that, that Sam Worthington did. I think his expressions came through more. I mean, you know, there's so much that you can actually just like believe regarding to the avatar, like, you know, the, the avatar that on screen, as much how cool it is and how much they're, you know, connecting whatnot. I feel no connection or I, I don't fucking believe in this whole story. I, I know that's kind of fuck up. But is it, like is it that you don't believe no, you, just that you don't care about them? You don't care about them. And I do say uh, that he that's never bought, probably no, he that, never bought yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, he I never, never bought, bought in. in. Yeah, he never bought into the like. And this is the thing: if you look at Last Samurai and um, Brandon, you had mentioned uh, uh, the Dances the, with the Wolves, Dance with Wolves, which I've never mm -hmm. seen. But if you look at Last Samurai, which is essentially the same story, is mm -hmm. Tom Cruise buys into the culture of the yeah. uh, the samurai, but it was presented in a gorgeous way, in a beautiful setting, and it made you like I mean, it, was it made great, you just Tom. just just heartbeat for this this culture. 
I didn't feel that for the Navi. I really no, didn't. No. I, I was like, yeah, yeah, they're okay. So let, let me ask you something. Do you guys like the first half of the film or do you like the second half of the film? First half. First half. I like the last, I like the last 30 minutes. No, the, it was the same coming close to an the end. same action over and over and over <laughs> with absolutely no storyline. I'll, I'll give you that, Ed. You're right. Hey, let's just throw bullets yeah. at it, bro, and let's just see some more. <laughs> just let's, see have some a, fire. let's have a transformer <laughs> fight an, an avatar. I mean, come on. Yeah, and, then we, and then we have a dinosaur running through it, and we have it's a dinosaur running through and knocking everyone around. It's basically a Power Rangers episode by the end of the movie. What did you think about him taking on the the big the big the shadow from above the uh what oh, do they call it the mon um the, the red thing the dragon Fuck the dragon the I have lots of dragon to say about and that. shit <laughs> Ready, we'll basically, oh I was just going to say literally it was the most uh I'm going to take Sean's word it's the most half-assed approach to getting trust right <laughs> it's not even shown on screen all of a sudden he shows up with the red dragon and everybody bows to him like he's a god like I get that that's like they're deity kind of i know the trees are deity but at the same time you you want to show us every nitpicky detail about this world yet when it has to do with like progressing the storyline forward let's just do it off camera off screen and then have the reaction shot which to me doesn't work it just didn't work i'm gonna bitch about something else for a minute i'm sorry jeremiah but i'm gonna bitch about something else you just you just brought it up that aoa was there like they're they're their deity right mm-hmm. and they tried to it's like how, how arrogant do you have to be you've got probably 70 percent, maybe 80 percent of the population of the countries that are watching these films are religious some you know, maybe christianity maybe uh, buddhism muslim there's a you know, hundred different religions people have faith out there 80 percent of people have some sort of faith and in one line they basically said, "Oh, it's not fake like the other religions. It's real. It's a it's biological. This connection to their 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 deity." And I'm like, "Way to piss off eighty percent of your audience <laughs> because you're stupid. Like, just just be nice and just say, you know just just be respectful. You don't have to believe what we believe, but for fuck's sake, just don't be an asshole." And this is where I <laughs> the problem is is that yes. people did not pay attention they were too much about the eye candy of what they saw on the screen yeah. they were fucking like in lost in pandora so that, i mean that's what's fucking happened so when people watch this movie back you're just like oh fuck this movie's yeah. fucking long yeah. Fuck. Yeah. what the fuck am i looking at what's going on here what why the did they wait did 10 just, years 12 years later to write a fucking say, sequel it does not translate on 88 inches as well as it did on like you know 108 inches so just <laughs> <laughs> Just rewatching this again. I I remember now watching this movie in the movie theater, and I was disappointed as I was watching. I was like, yep. "What the fuck was I? Did I just watch? Like it was okay. It was cool scenes here and there, but it was like overall, I was like I wasn't able to explain it at 2009. I was like, "What? I just wasted three hours of my time." How have you progressed I, you know, since was, then, Ed? I followed Zoe. You know, because I know she came in Star Trek. I was like, "Okay, she's badass." Okay, and you know, she was in Pirates of the Caribbean, so I followed her out of the, everything. But I mean, progress since then. Don't don't watch movies three hours long. I I remember this, guys. I remember like there was a, a topic of like which one did you like more? Did you like Avatar more? Or did you like uh, District Nine more or District oh. Eight? Oh, District, District Nine. Nine, District Nine, it's District amazing, Nine. fantastic. And I I remember, I remember saying like like that movie was fucking way better than mm-hmm. Avatar. And the didn't get as much love. You used to get shit by people like, oh, I don't oh. know about that movie. You should have called me. I would have had your back. First I of all, wish the, I would have actually the um the the Charlito Coplay when he went the, his transformation oh, yeah. was just oh it was heart wrenching and wonderful. Well, let's start with the music because I thought one of the places that this the movie did excel was in the music. I thought it had some beautiful James Horner, a lot of horn, a lot of lot of depth to the music. Any any thoughts, Jeremy? On that? I want I want to hear I, this is my least favorite James Horner fucking oh. score. And I mean this in a very nice way. It just sounded too Lion King for me. Too fucking, uh, you know, just like. Overplayed it. You overplayed, overplayed it. Overplayed. It just seemed. And I read something like he literally worked a year and a half from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. on the score. And working with James Cameron, you're going to fucking do shit like that, you know, allegedly. But, dude, seriously, I was not about this score at all. But that was just me, dude. I like his previous work. Um, I think this was not my. This is my least favorite one. What other stuff right. has he done? Titanic. Uh, James Horner's done a ton, but uh, Titanic. Yeah, Titanic. One of the things that I can think of off the top of my head was um, uh, the Mask of Zorro, which was a. Re- I, I know it sounds like a, a odd movie to pick, but the score was just 
Um, uh, he also did uh, he did Braveheart, bro. Braveheart I, is to me got, one of the greatest yeah scores ever. I got a little vibes from Braveheart in this when they were running through you know when they were trying to find their birds, they had to go run through the wilderness and go up you know the the floating mountains. So you got this vibe. Remember Braveheart when William Wallace is running through the mountains and you got that that you had that music that was playing. Yeah, you got that same vibe yeah. here. So that was he scenes. also I was thinking that he also did Legends of the Fall, which to me is a beautiful score. Uh, and I think that Braveheart, Titanic, Legend of the Fall all trump um, Avatar. Hell yeah! But I do think yeah, I do think Sean that it, it does it, it does and it's supported. And I think he did yeah. feel the dreams. Oh, he might have. Uh, he did. Story. Yeah, he did feel the dreams. I mean. The guy's amazing. He's done a lot. He, I like he. I'm looking at like I'm looking at his. The problem is that um, they keep putting his stuff in, right? So it's like my two, 2008, so soundtrack, you know. Yeah. But his like his compositions were all the way back for like into the 80s, into the. Um, he did uh, he Aliens, Willow. Actually. He did Red Heat. He did Cocoon. Yeah. Uh, Field of Dreams, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I mean, these are when you hear them, they're they're all they're very iconic. James Horner. They're, they're very iconic. James Horner, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah, the Rocketeer, the Rocketeer is that's what I was looking for. Uh, the yeah. Rocketeer is one of the greatest soundtracks of all times. Um, it, it's just fantastic. American Tale, same kind of concept, but oh, uh, I love American Tale. Uh, going back to the movie uh, with Jake, did anyone feel like? I mean, he went. He dived straight in with these people right away. Like he was like, "Let's fuck up the sky people, bro." <laughs> he got yeah within three months. Three months yeah. of his research, like, he, he went from fucking killing his own people, fucking point D. Like, bro, yeah. you yeah. have to see these people on the plane soon, right? <laughs> so like, I'm gonna fuck shit up. I'm gonna fall in love. Fuck the sky people. Like, I'm done. Jeez, bro. <laughs> to me, what? what I keep saying one of when really it's it's one of the many. Um, but Sigourney Weaver to me dropped the ball. And we we talked about Zoe Saldana, we talked about Worthington, but to me Sigourney Weaver, who I think is always really strong. I think she's like Tom Cruise. When I see her in a movie, I don't see her her character. I see Sigourney Weaver, which normally is fine. But to me, this one, she just looked like she, it was forced. I don't know if did anybody you guys kind of catch up, you know, see that with her. It was very scripted 100%. lines. Very scripted lines. Yeah. Everyone was, was expecting was alien. Yeah, everyone was expecting yeah. alien, but they got like something else out of it. She was a caricature of what she yeah. once was, and I've seen her. I, I've seen Sigourney Weaver be really, really good. This was not good. This yeah. was just. I mean, it was just. It was just kind of trash. And you know what? Yeah. I have to agree. Some sometimes with that, I want to. It's just. I think she. It was the movie, like too much green screen. Like over time, I think you just lose yeah. what you're doing. It, it's sometimes you want the real is the realism back, and it's just too much fakeness. And I think some people can't act in that after the whole two hours and fifty nine minutes part. Of this not movie. to yeah. not not to say it again, uh, but I, I I think honestly it was these sanctimonious people were in these sanctimonious roles. I I think Sigourney Weaver believed everything she said in the movie. From that, from you know, ideological perspective, and when you play someone that is you, it comes off catty and bad. Yeah. Like when I love when actors play something contrary to their beliefs because they actually have to convince themselves yeah. to be actors. That's a really good point. No, that's a really really good point. I I like that. Note to this uh, from what you're saying, Sean. From my understanding, Sigourney Weaver allegedly said that. Yeah, I kind of actually got based off my character of James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Where's my cigarette? Where's my fucking cigarette, guys? <laughs> yeah. So what's wrong with this picture? Oh, the that line, Ed, that line killed me. Of James yeah. Oh, God, it drives me crazy. I'm yeah. like, really? I mean, and I love when they smoke in space. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But... <laughs> so that brings us to the end of review. Now it's time of the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Eddie Sully, can you provide the scale, please? I'm really happy that I'm not funny. I'm really happy I'm not the only one that didn't like this movie. I was really afraid that you guys really loved it for some reason. Um, No. No. (laughs) Yeah, the zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel good first trot tale. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber lifting home. Four, rough morning watch of shame. Five, blacked out shit face spring break drunk. Gentlemen, let's. uh, This is the first one. So let's start with Jeremiah. Yeah. Sorry, Jeremiah. 
Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I okay. Like it. Okay. Okay. Well, why can, can we get why? Can we get a why? So I actually provided uh, the score to my fellow uh, gentleman cast here. So there's a few things here. One, I did not connect to the story whatsoever. I think I was never an Avatar fan back in the day, and I'm still not really a fan as of right now. I don't really care about Pandora so much. What I will give praise about is James Cameron's visual of what he was able to do with the cinema and what we are able to do from that point on. I think when you look at the, the planet of Pandora, it's fucking gorgeous. It's amazing what you see there. However, it's, a, it's way too long a fucking movie. It's way too much where you just don't give you know two shits about. Uh, I like the second half of the movie more than I like the first half. That's just me. But you got to give praise to James Cameron for what he was able to do and what we were able to actually build off something that was really visually stunning for me. So that's why it's a 3.25. It's a Uber lifting home but you know what? I'm gonna have a little fucking shots because it's not even an average movie. It's pretty fucking rough, guys. So that's just my score. Okay, Eddie. Uh, let's go with um, Brandon yeah. Eddie. Uh, yeah, Eddie. Brand Eddie. Yeah, uh, Eddie Solid here. Um, you know, I, you know, this reporting here. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so this movie had a lot of holes in it. I mean, it, the visual it was. One thing that I have never seen before in 2009 at this time, uh, it holds up with that part of the movie. The music was good. Uh, the idea of the movie, I think if everyone remembers this movie, it's, it was a very popular movie. So I think everyone just watched it because of the name and who was backing it was James Cameron. I think James Cameron's throwing away, throwing around his name a lot with this. And that's why he has three, four and five lined up. Um, and I think he's just milking the ta- cow pretty much now. And he's just, you know, getting as much money as possible. So I really uh, thought this movie, I thought it was better. Like for some reason, it didn't land the second time watching it. It just didn't land for me at all. And it, so it, it, there's, there's little parts of it that I'm like, oh, cool. Personally, I like the back half of the movie when there was actually fighting scenes. I wish it was more, it, this is going to sound weird, but I wish it was more deaths in the movie. I felt like it was too happy-go-lucky. Uh, and you knew that good guys were going to win at the very end. And you knew almost exactly what was going to happen. You could remember, you could say it without even watching. It's like, oh, the, you know, this is what's going to happen. For me, it's just not realistic. And I mean, from the very beginning, it's not realistic, but it's beautiful. Um, I, I'm below Jeremy's score already. So I was going to give it a 3.5. And that's me being nice. Um, so this is a, it's I'm an Uber looking home, but with a shot. So I'm, I'm close to a rough morning watch of shame there. Uh, Sean, you. All right. <clears throat> so uh, this was obviously my pick. Uh, we started off season four with kind of a uh, a doozy. Uh, <laughs> and the reason I picked this movie specifically was the visual impact I think that it gave on cinema. One of the po- podcast mandates we have is how Agreed. does this movie impact movies to come? This movie changed the face of cinema. Uh, the technology that James Cameron developed in this movie has led to all the wonderful things we've seen with the MCU, all the de-aging yep. that we yeah. were going to see with Indiana Jones 5, all the shit that has come after 2009 is because of this movie. And so for that, it, it does have merit. Um, if I was to honestly look at this movie honestly uh, and, and just judge it based on script, it would be a five. Just based on acting, it would be a five. Um, and that's 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 realistic scores. They're, they're terrible. Like there is not one shining star among the maybe Joel, Joel David Gray, uh, whatever I think that's his name, um, the little dweeby sidekick. I thought he was fine, but other than that, uh, there there ain't much to go on. So all this movie hangs its hat on is the technology and is the beauty and it is stunning. You have never seen a movie like this. You probably will never see a movie like this again until uh, next when the uh, Avatar or whatever. So uh, for that, it's it's for me. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a three point five. I'm right there with Ed. Uh, I think this movie is is a uh, an Uber or lift, uh, uh, yeah, your Uber lifting home with an extra extra shot, and um, I, I I almost went worse, but I have a feeling Brand's gonna gonna do that job for me, so I thought I'd let him let him try yeah. to do it. So, <laughs> so if, if we're gonna go the Jeremy way, then here it is. Ready? No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Fuck this fucking guy. No, okay, the so, rules already. <laughs> so only the host can break the rules. <laughs> it's it's really hard, Sean, because you really you really put me in a tight spot. I'm not gonna lie. 
because uh and and you really kind of spoke for me in a lot of ways because if i'm going off of my feelings oh, towards movies and stories this is this is a this is a five movie like this is to me i would rather watch great gatsby on repeat elvis on repeat <laughs> over and over <laughs> Instead of watching this one more time, like that's how I feel about Avatar, and I remember feeling that way in two thousand nine. Go watch all I love the boys before, and you'll. <laughs> I have not way. seen that. One. I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch that fucking train wreck than this bullshit. Right? <laughs> that's a lovely so, train wreck. So okay, so I, I'm just going to get to the point. And, and the reality is, if if you've listened to this right. podcast at all, then you know that I I don't like action movies for for the most part, um, especially shit like uh, what's that one we did with the surfers and the bank robbery, Sean? What was that? The rain. It's oh, called the rain. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay. Rain. Anyway. Well, okay. Point break. There. That's, that's one time for the season. It's anyway, no, the, I, I, the reason <laughs> the reason I don't like action movies is because I care about story and I care about characters more than anything. I want to know the characters. Even characters more important than story. The problem with action movies, and this one falls very, very much into the category of action movie, is that it says, fuck the characters, fuck the storyline, let's just blow shit up, right? And that's what the whole last half of the movie is. And it's fine for people, Ed, just throwing you out there, people who enjoy the it's action. The like, movie, that's great. Bro. Right, and that's great for a lot here, of people. <laughs> That's great for a lot of people. To me, it it doesn't make a good movie. I want to see a story. I want to be captivated by the characters. I want to be transported to a different place and believe that the people I'm seeing on screen are people that could just exist just in, as, as realistically as, as the person next to me. This movie falls short. The problem, and Sean, that's where you backed me in the corner, buddy, is that this is, to me, one of the most influential and important movies in the 20th and 21st, like the late 20th and early 21st century. Like this movie has done so much for film and that is our mandate. Um, no, I, I, I was planning on giving it a 4.75. That's really where I was going to go. But you guys definitely did talk me down into it. Um, I want to give it a four. I'm not going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a 3.75 because, and this is the only thing is that Sean, you said it perfectly. No movie that we have seen after 2009 could have been made the way that it has been made, even non-action movies, without this film. We, we resort to CGI to basically anything and everything nowadays because of what James Cameron pioneered. And so, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it a 3.75. Uh, I, I, it hurts me to give it that good of a score, but I do think that on its technical merits alone, it deserves that. So 3.75 for me. Well, okay. I appreciate your open-mindedness, Brandon. That's, that's very big of you in season four. I try. So when you combine those scores and divide by four, Eddie, what does Avatar get an average rating of? Oh, and you know what, Brandon? I, I want to say I want to say 300 did this better before the whole visual effects making people look young. So I'll just throw that out there. Oh, 300 uh, sucked too. 3.5. Yeah. 3.5, guys. 3.5. Jeremy, where does that put us on the pantheon of movies that we have uh, reviewed? Yeah, it's in the bottom of our reviews, actually. It's tied for, I believe, 46 spots uh, with The Big Lebowski. Oh, oh I would have watched you know The what? Big Lebowski I'd again. I watch that movie a hundred times. I might watch that one instead. <laughs> James Cameron's lucky dude, that it was that's a palette cleaner. A pretty film. Yes. Very lucky. Uh, all right, so let's, let's talk. <laughs> Jeremiah, why don't you take us through kind of uh, – what we're trying to do this for the season four, uh, we talked a little earlier about grouping movies together, about um, kind of what what we're uh, what we're all about in here in season four. Yeah, so what we're trying to do for season four is kind of going back to what we used to do back in where we're choosing uh, personal films or movies from our private collections, right? But we're also doing themes for each month. So for January, we're doing kind of a theme for director chairs. So basically, we're going to be uh, first movie was James Cameron's Avatar. And we're going to be uh, focusing on other directors for the month of January. So uh, we have some uh, kind of uh, directors that we feel that are in our private collection of movies that we want to talk about. And um, we may like them. We may not like them. But I promise you this. You will be interested. I guarantee it. So the other thing we're going to try to do with uh, uh, season four, uh, Brandon had alluded to at the end of last season – 
uh, is that we're going to try to bring you 52 episodes in 2023, 52 total oh episodes. And that is a big ask, a big commitment from us. And uh, we feel like the audience deserves uh, 52 good episodes for uh, movies every Monday. Uh, Jeremiah is going to be putting out a episode of Three and a Half Gentlemen. Yep, Woo-woo. and don't worry. Think about this too. We will be doing TV series, you know, throughout the year and whatnot. So usually our TV series will be coming out on Wednesdays. So you know, keep an eye on it. We'll let you know in per episodes what we're going to be doing. But yeah, um, it's going to be a fucking banner year, I tell you, 2023, and we're pretty much excited because you know what? What else do we want to do? We get to talk movies with our best friends and have drinks. What's the next the director the for the next movie? Is it M Night Shyamalan? No, I believe it's going to be your movie, bro. Yeah, it's going to be yes. M Night. Oh, or is it going to be uh, Quentin Tarantino? Oh, no, I don't know. First, I don't know. Okay, we don't know. You, Eddie just swooped out of my pick. Eddie just swooped out my pick. But okay, we'll, right. we'll find yeah, like, out next right. week. Well, <sighs> you'll find out yes. next week. <laughs> and I will say, uh, first of all, Happy New Year to all you uh, listeners out there. And a part of your New Year's resolutions, I have a very big ask of you. I'm going to ask you to share our podcast with five people. Five, ask five people interested in movies and cinema to listen to some of our episodes. Get up on there and uh, give us some five star reviews on uh, reviews on iTunes. Give us some physical reviews. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. You can visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com. You can reach out to us by email at hosts with an s h o s t s at thegentlemanpodcast.com. But please. Five people in your network. We, we our goal is to by the end of the year grow our uh, our, our listenership by fifty percent, and we're going to do that in two ways. Number one, asking you the fans to go ahead and uh, share it with your friends, and number two, we're going to be over on YouTube. You'll be able to, to see yeah, what we see, what we look at, see what we what we look like, and see us fight each other. And it's very fun. See the drinks too. <laughs> we're going to be yeah. drinking we'll the drinks. More of drinks. Yeah. We're going to be focused on drinks. And guess what? We'll also have some merch going on this year. So you know what? Oh. Want to wear a nice cap? Want to wear a nice T-shirt? Fuck, it's gonna be all happening. Yeah, you know, and one of, one of the ones that I think I'm most excited about is I'm the half. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> the shirt host is the half. The shirt that says the shirt that oh, says I'm, I'm the, the half. half. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will have a shirt that says I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Sean. I see you. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you next week with uh, a, a, a M. Night Pick. So cheers, gentlemen, and to you out there, thank you so much for listening, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.